0: Hi, I'm John Nerrell, and welcome to the Mid-Career GPS Podcast. If you're feeling stuck in your career and overwhelmed by what steps to take, I can help you. As an executive and career transition coach, I help my clients prepare, position, and promote who they are and what they do to show up and find a job they love or love the job they have. It's time to start building your Mid-Career GPS. So let's get started. Hi, everyone, and welcome back. So today is episode four, and we're talking today about what it means to show up for your career. Now, if there is one topic that I am extremely passionate about and care very deeply in the work I get to do with my clients, it is all under this umbrella about what it means for us to show up. And so as we get started today, I want to let you know that today's podcast is being brought to you by my book. It is called Show Up, Six Strategies to Lead a More Energetic and Impactful Career. You can find it on Amazon at a special rate for the month of January at $1.99 for the Kindle edition. So I certainly invite you to check that out. And one of the things that I am most grateful but also, honestly, very touched about is that when I wrote this book and it was published less than a year ago, the feedback that I have gotten, you will see this in the reviews, be it on Amazon or also on Goodreads. I am so, my heart is warmed by how this book has been received and what people have shared about how the message in this book has impacted them. I don't take showing up lightly, and that is why writing this book was so important, because to get this book out there, it took a lot for me to reflect on not only what had happened and and the events that happened in my own life, But also hearing from people, um, not only just my clients, but when I was interviewing and I would hear people come into interviews and they would say things like, well, I need to show up. Or my clients would say, I feel like I need to show up a little differently at work. And, And the thing about showing up is that it's one of those buzzwords that if we are not specific in how we define what it means to us its meaning can actually get lost. And so writing Show Up was a true labor of love for me because the book is separated into three very distinct parts. So the first part of the book, you can think of it in a way, it's kind of like my memoir. In the book, I share with you about a life-changing event that happened to me when I was 10 years old and what I learned from it. And, And the lessons I learned from that moment on through were the expectations about what my parents wanted for me in terms of how I was expected to show up. And when that was different than what they wanted, I had to redefine what it meant for me to show up as well. And taking those lessons that happened to me personally shaped what happened in so many areas of my career and developing these six particular strategies for what it means to show up. It is why when I write show up, it is all in capital letters. Okay. So it's not that I'm trying to yell or shout it, right? But that showing up actually is that acronym that stands for setting ground rules, having intentional conversations, owning where you are, welcoming new opportunities, using your genius, protecting and promoting your brand. So those six strategies define from my lens about how I show up, how I have shown up in my life and in my career, and they're strategies that I coach my clients on to give them things to think about. It's almost as if like I'm on this show-up mission, right, that when... My clients and people who are listening to this, that when you hear the words "show up," you think about it or begin to define it from a from a viewpoint of these six particular strategies. Now, if you follow me on Instagram or Facebook, you can do so at John Narrow Coaching, and by all means, connect with me on LinkedIn. All you have to do is search for John Narrow but you'll often see in my posts that I tag, I hashtag show up six strategies because so much of what I share is is encompassed under this umbrella of what it means for us to show up. And showing up is personal. How you show up is, is all about the energy you are bringing. It does not need to be the same way that I show up. When I have built teams, when I have repaired teams in the workplace, I have always looked at the ways different um, people on the team were showing up and figuring out where they fit. It's like if you look at Myers-Briggs, right? Not all of us are all introverts or extroverts. And there are varying levels of being introverted or extroverted that we possess. It would be a pretty, honestly, I think it would be a pretty draining world if we were all extroverted, right? And the same thing, it might be a pretty lonely world if we were all introverted. We find ways in how we connect and how we relate. And this is part of the energy in terms of how we show up. In my last podcast, Show Up 2020, I was talking to everyday people who were doing extraordinary things because of how they show up. You can still go back and listen to those 30 episodes on Show Up 2020, and there are some fantastic guests, right? But they all brought this certain energy that it was important for us to talk about. They didn't all bring the same energy. They didn't all have the same experiences but they could clearly talk about and define what it meant for them to show up. That's why showing up is personal. That's why as you're building this mid-career GPS and you're thinking about how you are navigating, not only does how you show up matter, but it is also personal, right? So when I was hiring, um, and I've had opportunities to serve as a hiring manager for numerous positions throughout my career, I personally loved interviewing, whether I was the candidate being interviewed or I was interviewing potential candidates. There's something about... Getting an opportunity to talk to someone and learn more about them and see if they are the right fit for that position. And a lot of times in the positions that I was interviewing for, and you'd ask that kind of behavioral question, right? That that asked them something about how do they work best, right? Do they work best independently or do they work best collaboratively? And there was this common theme. And people would say, Oh, well, you know, I'm I'm a great collaborator. You need to hire me because I'm a team player. And even today I hear that, and kind of like my skin crawls, right? I'm um, almost to the point where I could like feel lunch coming up a little bit, like, oh, right. Cause when I would hear that, I would just be like, oh, and I would wait. I wouldn't say anything. I would wait because I wanted to see if they were going to define what being a team player meant to them. And practically everyone that I can think about that I interviewed over the years, like no one ever went back and clarified it. And so there were times when I'd be like, well, tell me what you mean about by being a team player, because I'm not so sure you play on a team the same way I do. Right, Teams are cohesive for a variety of reasons, but if we are not certain about how we show up and play on a team, then how are we certain about how we just show up in general? How we show up matters, and we have to be really clear about how we set those ground rules. Right? How we have those intentional conversations and own where we are, and we welcome new opportunities, and we use our genius, and we protect and promote our brand, all of those things. And throughout this podcast, we're going to take a deeper dive into more specifically those strategies. But in a few moments, I'm going to talk about one in particular that as you are building your mid-career GPS, you absolutely need to be focused on. I spent 14 years in my career as a middle school mathematics teacher. And I got to tell you, it was one of the best jobs I've ever had. My heart has broken for students and parents and teachers who, because of the pandemic, have not been able to be in schools and with in-person instruction now for almost a year. Right? And, 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 you can go back and listen to show up 2020. And I I interviewed a handful of passionate and dedicated educators and educational leaders from various places across the country and what they were doing. Right. But as a middle school mathematics teacher, here was the thing I loved about it. It was instant feedback on how I was doing every single day Every 45 minutes, I got a different group of students, and they had no problem telling me when I didn't do a good job. It's the great part about kids who are between 11 and 14, right? Um, I don't have children. I'm very blessed to have a a goddaughter and two godsons, but not having children of my own, there was this thing about like, you know, I was like, oh my gosh, I've got 25 of them here in my room. And, you know, and it was, there were days when like the hormones kind of got the best of them, right? And it was like, I often found there were days when I had to be really good at understanding their barometer and where they were at and days when they wanted to be treated like an adult and days when they didn't, right? But when you teach math, and math is a difficult subject for a lot of people, there has to be engagement. So my job was to get them to think about mathematics in a very different way that wasn't intimidating or frightening. So one of the first lessons that I would do at the beginning of the year was give them a simple addition problem. And I'm going to give you one right now. And if wherever you're, like if you are driving, you please, you can do this in your head. Okay. Um, hold on. Sorry about that. I had to take a drink of water. Um, you don't have to write this down, but I'm going to give you two three digit numbers 471 plus plus 528. 471 plus 528. And I would ask my students to add them up. And because of the way they were taught, in the way they believed they had to do it, they would add up the ones column, one plus eight is nine, They would add up the digits in the tens column, seven and two is nine. And they would add up the digits in the hundreds column, four and five is nine. And I would walk around the room and I would watch them do this. And it was fascinating to me to see how they were pretty much all doing it the same way because that's the way they were taught. And so I would share with them after a while that I. Tended to add from left to right. And so I would look at the problem on the board and I would go, well, four and hundred and five hundred is nine hundred, and seventy and twenty is ninety, and one and eight is nine. So that's 999. And they'd be like, wait a minute, you can't do that. And I was like, what do you mean I can't do that? And they're like, you're not supposed to do it that way. I said, who said? And they would like rattle off whatever teacher they had or whatever. And I said, Oh, well, I'm gonna have to go talk to Mrs. So and so or whatever. But That was the way I saw things. Even as a kid, when I added, I added, quote unquote, not traditionally, I added left to right instead of right to left, and I could track those place values in my head. That, to me, was part of my genius. And I say genius in terms of a certain skill that might be a little different than other people. What I learned in that is that there doesn't have to be a quote-unquote right and wrong way to do it, but we're talking about quality, we're talking about efficiency, we are talking about being able to get the work done. And so when you think about how you show up at work, who are you as an employee? Who are you as a leader? And what are you good at? I mean, really good at. And what are you not? In work, we're assigned certain titles. Titles give us a particular status or recognition that we have achieved a certain level, be it in our career or within the organization. And one of the biggest things as a mid-career professional you need to define is whether you are a specialist or a generalist. Now, those words may not appear in your title, but they do make up an important component of how you are showing up at work. What are you known for? How you show up contributes to your impact. You may have a knack for IT, but your knack may not be in managing people. So if you're really good at developing software or developing code, why would you want to be in a role where you're managing talent if that's not your strength? So the one of the six strategies that I want to focus in on is the you. It is about using your genius. And this is an opportunity for you to find ways where you can add the most value. Where... Does the company benefit the most from you being in a certain role? And one of the best examples I like to use here is like, do you lead projects or do you lead people? One of the places where I worked, I was faced with that critical decision and I was given an opportunity to decide which way I wanted to move in the organization. I could either get on a large-scale project, leading a team of people, but focusing more on the technical aspects of the project that needed to be done, or I could work specifically on building a uh, Developing talent, professional development, managing a team of people, and working alongside someone, my boss, helping her with the day-to-day operations of the team. Which one do you think I chose? I chose the job that aligned more closely with my genius and what I was going to be the happiest with. And that was the job in terms where I was leading people. Could I have done the other job? I could have. I wouldn't have been happy. There would have been some technical things that would have been a little bit of a larger lift. And where I was at in my career was that I knew this was where I was most valuable to the company. And I was willing to take the risk in moving into that job because it allowed me to help more people do their jobs better because of my expertise in that role. And I ended up being with that company for five wonderful years. Right? Using your genius is that chance where you get to show up and make a very specific claim about this is where I'm good at. If you're on a a team where you're managing younger talent, I'm talking about people who are less than five years out of college. One of the biggest things they struggle with is that they're trying to learn so many things that they're never really getting good at one thing, that one thing that they're going to be known for. They're going to be the go-to person. Developing them in a way that allows them to be like, you're the go-to for this, Helps them show up in pretty powerful ways because now they're really clear about where they're the most valuable. And when they're the most valuable, then they feel like they can contribute in a way that is more impactful than what they've done. So the challenge here is for you to really start thinking about your genius. What are you really, really good at? And what are the things that you do better than anybody else? I want to share with you one other little story here that is really important in this conversation that will hopefully tie all of this up. When I was teaching middle school mathematics and I was a couple years into the job, my my department coordinator... He didn't have supervisory authority over me or managerial authority, but he was certainly that mentor and that person whom I looked up to, hands down, one of the best people I've ever, ever, ever worked with. But he said to me one day, he said, John, look, he goes, you're good at what you do. He said, I I always wanna support you in that. He said, but never forget that God forbid you leave school and you get hit by the bus nice analogy, right? Get hit by the school bus on the way out of the building. He's like, we're all going to miss you, but I have to find someone to come in here and do your job. He's like, they're going to be able to do your job. They may not be able to do it as well, or maybe they do it better than you. You just have to find a way for you to get really good at doing your job and still being humble at the same time. And that lesson has stuck with me ever since. So I share that with you to really think about where is your genius? What is it that you do better than anybody else? And where can you find ways to show up with humility to navigate through your company, your organization, to show up for your team in in ways that maybe you haven't done before, or to lean in and double down on the ways that you are doing things because you know they are working. All right. We talked about a lot today, and I hope this gives you a little idea behind or peeling back the curtain a little bit about how I start to define what showing up means. We're going to cover more about this as we go through the podcast, but certainly if you want to get right to the chase and you want to learn a little bit more, then by all means please go ahead and check out my book on Amazon. Again, it is on sale for $1.99 for the month of January. And I hope you will check that out as well as checking out my private Facebook group called Your Mid-Career GPS. Again, you get an opportunity to join an amazing dedicated group of professionals who are all figuring out how to navigate from where they are to where they wanna be. And a big part of that is how they are showing up. All right, Make it a great day, everyone. I hope you stay safe and be well. And I will talk more to you next time. And remember how you show up matters. Make it a great day. If you enjoyed today's show and don't want to miss an episode, subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you usually listen. If you haven't already, I'd appreciate it if you would leave me a rating and review to let me know what you think to help others find this podcast and continue to bring you relevant and useful content to help you navigate what's next for your career. And if you're ready to create your mid-career GPS and get rid of the overwhelm so you can find the job you'll love or love the job you have, visit my website at johnnarrell.com for more information about joining my private Facebook group and scheduling a free consult with me so we can start building your mid career GPS together. Don't forget to connect with me on LinkedIn and follow me on social at John Narrow Coaching. I'll see you next time.